Welcome to episode 36 of Lil Muck, an affiliate of the Odd Pods Media Network. This is a tiny slice of the Muck podcast where we talk to people in the media and politics about their favorite stories or experiences. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Today, we are interviewing U.S. House Rep Ted Deutsch. Hillary, tell us about today's guest. Well, Tina, Congressman Ted Deutsch represents Florida's 22nd district, our district where we live. Hey! which serves, <laughs> serves communities in Northern Broward County and Southeastern Palm Beach County in South Florida, now serving his seventh term in the 117th Congress. He is the chairman of the House Ethics Committee, a senior member of the House Judiciary Committee, and a senior member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, on which he serves as the chairman of the Middle East, North Africa, and Global Counterterrorism Subcommittee. Ted's priorities in the 117th Congress include promoting economic opportunity in South Florida, reducing the influence of big money in our elections, gun violence prevention, fighting for full equality for all, and advancing the security interests of the United States, Israel, and our allies. Welcome, Congressman Deutsch. So here's the deal. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this right off the bat. Uh oh, watch out. I'm a huge fan (laughs) of you. Like, huge fan. So all I can do is ruin that, is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> and like you, so we have dream guests, each of us on a list, and you're like my, one of my top three on my dream list uh, guests who I want on the podcast. Who, who am I with? Well, I'd love to be like the Obamas, right? Yeah. But it's like yeah. Paul, Judge Judy, Ted Doyle. <laughs> well, I, so, I, I, I would have been so thrilled to do this with RuPaul, by the way. Yeah, that would have been amazing. And, and I guess RuPaul, Judge Judy, um, and me all together. Oh my gosh. Um, that would be that would be something. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the best podcast. It, so it would, would be incredible. I feel it like it would I be a like... lot like it would be a lot like my days on the house floor. <laughs> <laughs> a circus? Like a circus? Yeah. Some days. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, I should tell Tina now, this is the end of the podcast. We're done. This is who I needed to talk to. Tina, the podcast is over. We're canceling it after this episode today. This is it. So, so Hillary, you should know, some of my friends believe, with some degree of um, merit to their belief, that the only reason I got into politics was so that I would eventually meet Bruce Springsteen. And... Then I did, and I too thought at the moment, okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk uh, about Bruce Springsteen because I'm a huge fan, yes. so, and I know you are. So we're going to get into that in a little bit. But okay. first, let's start with you're in your seventh term. You have been through a lot as serving as a congressman uh, for this district. Um, how did you, what drew you to politics and wanting to serve your community? Well, I, I, I've always been involved in the community as a volunteer. I've always thought it was important to, uh, to find ways to be helpful in the community. And I've always loved politics. I mean, I, I, I'm the youngest of five kids by a lot. And so I spent, I grew up with all of my siblings already out of the house. My dad uh, retired, had to retire early because of a, a disability. So I spent a lot of time with him, hearing him tell stories about fighting the Nazis in the Battle of the Bulge. Mm. And, and he earned a piece of a Purple Heart when a piece of shrapnel went through his helmet. And, oh, and wow. I used to sit with him and watch 
um, watch TV and see him get all worked up over things that he thought were um, were were wrong and, and injustices that needed to be righted. And that just sort of has been percolating uh, my whole life. And then I had a chance to run for the state Senate to actually do something about it. And and now here I am all these years later. Oh my gosh, I love it. We have so much in common. Can I call you, Ted? What's that? <laughs> Can I call you, Ted? Of course. Okay. Ted, we have so much in common. Um, <laughs> my mom was the same way. Yippity, yippity, yippity about politics. And I was like, maybe because I was a middle child, I was like, oh, I want my mom to give me attention. So I love politics too. But still like here I am, I'm hooked all these years later. Like I love That's it awesome. so much. Yeah. So you've worked under Obama. You've worked under Trump. You're currently now under President Biden. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges um, when things are so partisan under these different administrations? Um, sure. Look, I, I was elected and President Obama was the president and Mitch McConnell had already declared that it was his, his job to, to make sure that President Obama failed. And, um, and I came in and was proud to, to work with the Obama administration uh, on a whole host of issues, but it was, it was really challenging. Uh, I came in, we were in the majority for eight months. I was elected uh, and sworn in in April of 2010. And then in November of 2010, that was the bloodbath. Um, and, and we got swept out of, out of power in the house. And, and then I was in the minority uh, until we just won it back uh, during the, the Trump presidency. And, um, and what, what it meant, it was interesting as a new member, uh, when you come into the house and I came, as I said, I came in a special election. I didn't know anything. There was no, they don't do orientation for people who mm-hmm. get elected one day and they get sworn in a couple of days later. Everybody else gets a whole, they get briefings, they get all kinds of how-to books. They, me, they gave me a pin, a congressional pin and said, here you go, this will get you in anywhere. Go figure it out, good luck. And and I tried, and then we lost a majority. Um, the only positive for a newer member like me was I, I got to do the things that I wanted um, all the time. And so on the Judiciary Committee, I got to stand up to this new majority who thought it was their mission to, to uh, take away a woman's right to choose. And they thought it was their mission to make it easier for, uh, for big money interest in politics to, to get their way. And I got to go every day and, and stand up to that. And, um, and it was a really important role. And it helped me, I think, helped me to learn the skills that you need so that when we took back the majority, now I like to think I'm more effective and, um, and having worked with the having having seen the Trump administration, particularly on the issue of gun violence, mm. when I, I sat in the White House just a, a few seats away from President Trump and I gave him a, a bracelet from Stoneman Douglas mm. and I asked him not to forget us. And he sat there and said, we're going to be the I'm going to be the president that stands up to the NRA and then ran right into the arms of the NRA. Um, it's now completely opposite because we have a president who's committed to the same things that I am, who's willing to work with with me and, and with the Democratic majority to actually get things done on gun violence prevention and on, uh, and on democracy reform and on the kinds of things that really are critically important at this moment. 
are you, is it difficult with what's happening in the Senate? Like you guys are getting a lot of things done in the House and then it goes over to the Senate. Is this a complicated issue because of, because of what's happening there and how things are kind of just being like stonewalled basically? Yeah, it's complicated. It's yeah. hard. The Senate's 50-50. The Senate's and last term we, we passed universal background checks. We moved other pieces of legislation through the Judiciary Committee on Gun Violence Prevention and then it went nowhere in the Senate. Now we have a 50-50 Senate and the vice president obviously is the, the uh, deciding vote. So I, I'm not so frustrated yet. I, I would like to see more happen. I would have liked to have seen the administration fight harder for, for David Chipman to, to head alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. He's, he's mm. a ter- he was a terrific nominee. But we're, look, we're dealing with, right now, we're, we're dealing with the opportunity to make a massive investment in infrastructure for the first time since Bill Clinton was president. Yeah. And to, to do the other things that everyone knows we're desperate for, but no one's been willing to actually stand up and accomplish. And I, I'm confident that we're gonna get paid family leave so that we're not the only country, virtually the only country in the industrialized world that doesn't provide it. That's gonna make us, it's the right thing to do. It's also gonna make us more competitive. We're gonna get universal pre-K so that our kids are set up for success. We're gonna stand up and actually do something about climate change. Mm. Uh, These are all really, really important. That's where the focus is. I am confident we're gonna get them done. And then we're gonna immediately pivot to democracy reform and making sure our elections are safe and making sure that our, our kids are safe when they go to school or when they're walking through the neighborhood and that our communities are free from gun violence. Okay, let's talk about Florida because we love are it. Are you, Hillary? Can I just ask? I'm sorry, but are you at this? We're only a few minutes in, but are you sitting there thinking, ah, "I wish we had RuPaul instead"? No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, I was thinking though. I wonder what Ted would look like in drag. Is that a thing? <laughs> um, yeah, there, I'm just saying. If you scour the internet, you never know what you're. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm very, I'm still very happy. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about Florida because it's our home. We love it. Yeah. You're our representative. You do such a great job up there, but we're down here and it's crazy. Right. And yeah. lately I've been thinking like, you know, we've got this a surgeon general now who's if that DeSantis just said, I mean, and, and I'm like, Hey, we all, you know, we all have children here. Like, you know, they're telling kids, send your kids to school with COVID and don't put a mask on them. And I'm like, where's the federal is there anything somewhat like, where's our white flag? Like we need help. The clowns are running the show. It's scary. It's really scary. What's going to, what, how do you feel about Florida and how does 22, yeah. how do you feel about 22? So look, governor DeSantis has been throughout this entire pandemic has, has been so focused, so focused on, on politics and uh, to a lot of us, um, focused on 2024 mm-hmm. and a possible run for the White House, right. then he has been on getting reelected in 2022, let alone making sure that we get through this. Let's remember, as bad as it's been in Florida, the thing that actually has saved us, especially in those early days, is that while the governor was, was downplaying everything, our elected leaders in South Florida stood up and said, no, 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 we're going to take meaningful action mm-hmm. to help protect our communities. And the result is that 
while it is devastating that over 50,000 people, 55,000 people have died in Florida, mm-hmm. uh, that would have been worse without the locals down here doing the right thing. So uh, it's, yeah, is it frustrating? Absolutely. As someone who, uh, who frankly worked, I was on a, a bipartisan panel that the Trump White House put together about reopening the economy and and there were some good ideas and and I, they let me put out some ideas and and he, the governor even turned his back on that bipartisan effort. All that people wanted throughout this entire pandemic was uh, the bi- businesses wanted to be able to take action to keep their customers safe mm-hmm. and to keep their employees safe. Families wanted to take action to keep their kids safe and. The governor decided instead he's gonna he's he's gonna fine businesses who take who try to protect their employees. He's gonna fine school districts who try to protect their students and teachers. It, I don't understand it, but looking at 2022, mm-hmm. he's gonna have to defend those decisions when he runs for re-election. And there are really good Democratic candidates. Uh, uh, Nikki, we all know Nikki Fried. She's local. She's great. Uh, she, she, she's been going toe to toe with the governor every step of the way, standing up when when he's refused to work with the federal government. When he's and look at Florida was the last state, the very last state to go and and get funding for education that yeah. we said please take this. Um, she's been poking him on it and standing up to him all throughout. So she's great. I serve with with uh, Charlie Chris. Uh, he's he was governor before. He's committed to to, uh, to to getting us through this and and he's got a strong record around the state. So uh, I'm really confident that when we get to the next general election and Governor DeSantis is gonna have to defend some of these really questionable decisions that he made that people are gonna remember. And so that's that race. And if I can put in a good word for everyone who's listening, I don't know if everyone Probably if they tune into your podcast, they're pretty tuned into politics, so they know. But Florida is going to get to know Val Demings, my colleague. Yay! And, yes. and she's and she's amazing. And she's running against Senator Rubio. Mm. She she will not she she will not back down from uh, from advancing the kind of values that are consistent with who we are in terms of equal rights and and equal opportunity for all and economic opportunity and and her story is compelling and and she's got a law enforcement background so she will not she will not yield an inch when, when Marco tries to to pin her on things that she doesn't believe in so i i feel really hopeful about this, this is going to be the she likes uh, she likes to ride her uh, harleys too she likes to ride her harley is going to be the toughest race marco's ever had yeah. and um, and i i don't think I don't think that he appreciates how formidable a candidate she is and how broad her support is. Every time I've had the pleasure of introducing her to new groups, uh, they come away thanking me for the chance to have heard her. And when that happens statewide, um, I feel I feel really great about uh, seeing my good friend, though I'll be sad to see her leave the House. Uh, it'll be really exciting to have a Democrat representing Florida in the U.S. Senate. I thought maybe you might run for governor. Um, no? I'm not ready for governor. I know you're not. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe you would. But when Val Demings announced, I was very excited. 
because I really, I mean, you know, for Senator, when, when Nikki Fried announced for governor, yeah. I was very, very yeah. excited. Yes. Very excited for yeah. her. We have great candidates yeah. and, and I, um, I, I actually, I feel like, let me just say, let me say something about the job I have now. After, the, the, there are a lot of issues that I care about that we all care about. Gun violence prevention is one mm -hmm. of them. And, and I used to say that, and I said this on the House floor before, you shouldn't have to have a mass shooting happen in your district for you to care about gun violence. But then when it actually happens and, and you have the experience that we've all had down here and the experience that I've had getting to know these families so intimately and, and, the, and seeing the, the loss that they've experienced and working with them and being so unbelievably inspired by the work that they've done mm -hmm. to honor their, uh, their lost kids and spouses and loved ones, um, that's been amazing. And then add to that what the March for Our Lives kids have done, the survivors from Stone and Douglas who literally started an entire movement. I feel really, really privileged to, to represent this community in particular and after something like that and seeing seeing the response and seeing what it's led to nationally that I that's why I hope to continue to do it. I, I wanted to ask we talk a lot on here uh, Hillary and I about um, the future of the Democratic Party and we talk about building benches and I wanted to know your take on that because uh, it seems like on the Republican side, there's a lot of strategizing where they sort of have things mapped out, but we don't seem to see a similar thing sometimes from the Democratic Party. What are your thoughts on that? I know everyone loves to talk about this issue. There are two, look, there are two things Democrats love to talk about. They love to talk about messaging and how Republicans are so quick and sharp on their messaging. And they love to talk about who's got a deeper bench. Mm. Well, uh, Joe Biden, last I checked, is now the Democratic president of the United States of America. So I think the messaging worked okay there. Um, just like what we're all talking about, all the inside the bipartisan bill and the budget reconciliation. But I mean, ultimately, we're going to get a deal done and it's going to be hugely important and popular. And so I, I feel good about that. On the bench, I know people say that. But we've got really talented elected officials down here. Um, we have really talented elected officials statewide. We just talked about some of them. And, and don't you want a bench so that we have, we have great candidates to run against the Republicans statewide? And I think we do. This year, I'm, I feel really great about that. I feel, uh, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like we're going to have great candidates for, for Ag Commissioner. Uh, and for Attorney General. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't just happen. It happens because these are great, often young electeds um, who step up to run. So I, I know people love to say that. I, I think the bench is actually pretty deep. Um, we need to win. We need to win statewide more than, more than just, although let's not sell Nikki's victory short. That yeah. was amazing. But we need to win more of those yeah. And I don't think it's the bench. I think we just need to do better. We need to register more voters. We need to get more voters out to vote and we need to protect their votes once they cast. Mm. Okay. Let's uh. talk about music. Oh, 
great. Because all three yeah. of us are huge music fans. And so you have this American Music Fairness Act, right? Uh-huh. I and do. Thanks, so you're, yeah. yeah. So this is, you just introduced it this year, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Come, let's go. Yeah. So this is amazing. It compels radio stations to pay artists. Right. Because right now, most people don't know and are shocked to learn that any of the music that you listen to on FM radio. Now, um, uh, Pandora or Spotify or Apple Music, XM, different, different rate structures. But FM radio, which is where most people still listen to radio, does not pay the artist when they play their song. Mm. So they pay the DJ. If it's talk radio, they'll pay the talk radio hosts. But if, especially if you're a legacy artist, if you recorded music years ago, um, this is your songs are still popular. You're getting nothing from the radio stations. And the American Music Fairness Act is just going to ensure that that the people who create this incredible music that we all love and listen to are going to get paid for it. And um, I'm excited about the legislation as the um, as the chair of the Congre- of the Congressional Songwriters Caucus. I care a lot about music. I care a lot about creators. And um, and we're working hard to, to move it forward. There's a songwriter's caucus? Yeah, how about that? That's so, cool. Just, so just to be clear, uh, it's not for people who are songwriters, although I do dabble on the keyboard a lot. Yeah, I know. Um, I saw videos today. You saw videos? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, were, were they at bars, perhaps? No, I, I wish. I mean, uh, I, I, uh, I was like this on YouTube, like this. So those are, I, I will say yeah, so one of the so one of the cool things I was never in a band when when I was in high school and college and I don't have a lot of regrets in my life I don't think it's a, I don't think it's great to look back and regret things but I regret that I was never in a band mm. so so you still I, have time you still have time right so I now get to I got to be in a band I got to be in the backup band for Mickey Dolan's from the Monkees. That's what I saw. It was awesome. I got to, he came to Washington. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm a believer. And it it, it was great. I got, I got to, I got to go into the studio with some of my colleagues to record a song, which was mostly, it was mostly a ploy so they could have it produced by a real producer and then show how it, how important producers are because they made us sound actually really good. But, <laughs> but the coolest thing is before election day every year, I get to go to this uh, bar in Delray, which is not even in my district anymore, but they're so nice to do it. And they let me sit in with the band a little bit. And nice. Play, so well, that's Send me fun. Yeah, that I know happens. we, we need to, I need to let everyone know when that's happening. I'll do <laughs> yes. that. Yes. So um, your love of music. So I so I found a Spotify playlist. Don't worry, this is already my favorite interview. Like, <laughs> Ed, you're killing me. Please, I'm, I'm going to blush. If I didn't have so much blush on it, I'd be blushing. Listen, <laughs> so I went through the Spotify playlist that you made for like, it looked you like- You did? Something. Yeah. Have we met? I just told you how much <laughs> I like you. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say the L word yet. I'm just going to say like right now. <laughs> All right. But so, it's, it's like, yes. like. It's, it's not like, just like, like, it's like, like, I might draw my <laughs> name with your last. Now, just <laughs> really like you too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, yes, I went through the playlist. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. So many great artists, of course. Throw, throw some songs. I want to know. 
Okay, so Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, Jake Bug. Hello. <gasps> I love Jake Bug. You guys know Jake Bug? something me and you yeah wow Uh, love love Casey Musgraves Bob Dylan Stevie Wonder anything from songs in the key of life is amazing oh my gosh like amazing songs on there so a lot of those songs have meaning also you should know um the land of hope and dreams from Springsteen was when I was deciding whether or not to run for the state senate in a race that nobody thought I should even consider because I couldn't win because the guy I was running against was really popular. So I listened to that song. No joke. I listened to that song probably a dozen times in a row. And if you don't know it, you should go listen to the lyrics and decided I, I've got to, I got to do this. So that song's on there. Um, The Stevie wonder song. um, Isn't she lovely. Um, Open, it's a it's a song at the beginning you hear the cry of the baby yes so baby. when oh, i have God. twin girls and when my daughters were born 26 years ago uh, when my daughters were born that was a song that oh. i listened to the first the first time that they came home from the hospital oh, my goodness. Awesome. and then that um Loggins and messina song uh is about a son and i have one boy Listen. So every I, the songs actually all have some meaning for me, and yeah. um, I, not all of them. Some of them are just yeah. really, really fun. But yeah, yeah. I loved it. Wow. So yeah. you're a Springsteen fan. Um, are you also a fan of uh, Little Stevie's like stuff outside of uh, Bruce Springsteen? Uh, like it. Not. I, I like it. I'm not. I. I it, I'm not, not a nearly, huge fan. Not nearly. Yeah. Not nearly the same. I, although I really do like the Sopranos. So yeah, see, like I'm a huge Soprano oh. fan. That's yeah. why that's why I had to mention little Stevie Van Zandt. Have you seen the prequel yet? Yeah. A little bit. I've seen a little Is bit. Is it good? Of it. I haven't seen it yet. It does not live up to Yeah. I mean, come on. The Sopranos, but how can you? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. It's okay. So did you see the Bruce Springsteen live on Broadway? I mean, I know it's on Netflix now, but did you get to see that? I did. I did. I saw it on Netflix. Also, yeah, me too. I did, right. Didn't see it in person. Thought it was great. And I and the, the it's it's really right from the book. Yes, which, his book is amazing. Which I listened to going back. I listened to it going back and forth. And and on on Audible, it, he he reads it. So it was a lot oh like gosh. the show, which is awesome. It's great. Isn't he a genius? I mean, the show is incredible. His book. How does he remember all these details about his life? It's incredible. Like the street, it looked like this. There was a tree. I'm I like, what did I remember yesterday? What's he talking about? Yeah. He's incredible. I thought, yeah, I thought the, I thought the same thing. But you know, when you're, when you're able to create like that, yeah. it's magic. So. Yeah, it's magic. It is. So, oh. I want to know favorite artist and favorite song of yours. Oh, tough question. It is. Well, hmm. well. So I have really. I mean, I have really varied tastes. Like today, today I just needed to, there's a lot going on. So I was listening to the Rap Caviar playlist on, on Spotify. Okay. Um, I don't know if, don't, I don't know how you, how you feel about that, but. You get it pumped, pumped you up. So, so I, yeah. So yeah. it's just, I actually, I like hip hop a lot. I, um, um, I think I like the new. Kanye more than the new Drake album for what it's worth. But anyway, I um Springsteen. So I love Springsteen. Uh, I grew up, I grew up going to Springsteen and Billy Joel concerts all the time. Um, f- 
favorite song. I, I love the um, Elvis Costello version of uh, "Peace, Love, and Un What's So Funny About Peace, Loving, and Understanding." That's a that's love a great Elvis song. Mm -hmm. um, I, I more contemporary. I think um, I don't know if this is the song I put on that playlist or not. I don't even know if it was out yet. But the Casey Musgraves song, uh, the Rainbow song. There, there's a Casey Musgraves on there, but it's not that song. Yeah, I don't think that song is out yet. Yeah. The list, but that's that's an. I think she, I just think she has a such oh. a beautiful voice, yes. and and I and the song I think is really beautiful. Um, I listen to, but I, I mean, I listen to I listen to everything. I like old blues too. So, and then randomly, the I I was just saying. I don't know how this became a music podcast, but this is what I love. Um, it's amazing, right? That you can listen to literally any song, anytime, and not have to go figure out like, where is it and how do I do it? And yeah. so I was I was playing that game today as I was driving home, just um, telling my car to play the most random songs from, from uh, George Thurgood and... <laughs> Leonard Skinner. And, <laughs> Skinner. Anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. I don't wow. know if we've, I don't know if there's anyone who's still listening to this, but this is awesome. Me, Excuse so. me. Yeah. Lots uh, of people listening to this. Come on. They, this is going to be the part that they love because. And you know what? Even if they're not, I'm incredible. listening to it. This is yes. for me. This we is love a cool episode <laughs> for me. So it's okay. <laughs> so tell me what's, what is your, what's next for you? Like dream legislation, something you want to get done before the year is out or before the next session? So look, I, I'm there. I mean, to get really serious after, after all that fun, um, two things. It's really, really frustrating that we haven't been able to do more on gun safety. Mm -hmm. And we got, we've got to pass the universal background checks. It shouldn't be, shouldn't be hard. It's not controversial. It's going to require the president to lean in he needs to, I've told the White House that. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, I have legislation to, um, to start treating assault rifles the same way we treat machine guns, which seems only fair. And you don't hear a lot of mass shootings happening with machine guns anymore because we've regulated them. So uh, there, and we don't need high capacity magazines. No one needs to be able to fire off a hundred rounds at a time. So those kinds of things, it's hard to do, I get it, but I'm not giving up and um, I think we really need to, to uh, get that done. We've got to restore the Voting Rights Act. We've, we've got to pass meaningful legislation to, to guarantee our democracy will, will remain strong. So that's a priority. Um, there's an issue that's just really personal to me um, I, and, and I've learned to a lot of people um, I lost a family member. My nephew passed away in March from uh, from fentanyl. That was yeah. in um, he, he he took kratom, which is legal in Florida. It's legal all around the country in more than more than half the states. But it was laced with fentanyl, and um, and it's a horrible tragedy. And what I've learned is, and we've seen stories recently also about just how often this happens, and often it's from people not not. Uh, doing heroin. It's from people who are who take Kratom or they their friend gives them a, an Adderall mm. or their friend gives yeah. them some other pill and they think it's fine, but it's made it's made someplace else in China. 
and it's laced with fentanyl. And so I, I've been working a lot on with uh, some of my colleagues on legislation to try to stop that. My sister-in-law um, started a group, it's her son uh, started, who, uh, who lost his life, started a group called Birdie Light, um, Birdie Light, Birdie Light.org, um, which I, I urge people to, to check out. She's trying and we're helping because I think it's the right thing to do to get um, fentanyl test strips mm. in the hands of kids so that when someone says, here, you just take this pill, it's fine. I bought it from wherever. Often from wherever is Instagram. Right. And they can test it and make sure that it's not laced with fentanyl and it'll help save lives. So that's become a huge priority for me. And, and I, I appreciate your asking and I feel confident mm. that we'll be able to, to get something done there too. Oh my God. I'm so sorry oh, for your goodness. loss. It's terrible. I, pre I appreciate that. Thanks. And what I've learned though, in, in talking about it and, and posting about it on social media is, is just how devastating it's been all not. And we, we focus on different parts of the country, but the number of people who have told me my son, my nephew, my neighbor, right. my, it, it's a, it's a huge, huge problem that I'm trying to help bring attention to. Yeah. And it's a lot of young kids just ordering it online. It's yeah. coming from online. Yeah, that's exactly right. And they think it's fine. Yeah. And often it isn't fine. And it's fentanyl is so strong, so powerful that even a little bit can kill you and actually has killed a lot of people. Uh, so goodness, such, such great legislation yes. um, that you're putting forward. And especially the gun legislation. I mean, the, the shooting that happened in uh, just yesterday at Texas, you know, my husband and I were talking about it. And the thing that was frightening was, oh, someone got grazed, only one person. And I said, listen to how we're talking, like, because we're so used to so many people being killed that, oh, well, it was just one or two people, like, not so bad. Like, that's not the attitude that we want to foster and having people feel not dismissive, but that we're so desensitized to it. And that that's a frightening feeling. Yeah. There was a time not that long ago where four people being shot in a school. It's huge. It, it is a major story. Never mind the, the fact that they all survived. Thankfully that alone would have been a huge story because nobody should be at risk of being shot when they're in school. And you're so right about people being de desensitized. And that's why, I mean, I, I continue to, to be amazed and inspired by kids who, uh, who got involved in politics because of, of gun violence and because either, <coughs> excuse me, either they saw it directly, which is the case in Parkland and their survivors of gun violence, or, uh, or they just see it all around them and they're, and they're afraid. Yeah. So there, we're going to get a lot done and it may not be right now, but because of the, you talk about a bench, I mean, because of the generation of young leaders who are, who are taking action right now, um, they're going to, they're going to break through any of the hurdles that the NRA or Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio or anybody else uh, erects in front of them. Oh my goodness. Well, inspiring, 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 so inspiring. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you.
Uh, my pleasure. I told you so. So fun. Thanks. And um, uh, I, wow, I, I touted, let's see. So we talked about some legislation. I told people to go to Birdie Light. I don't remember. <laughs> I think that, I think that playlist is under FL22, right? Yes. Yes. Got? Yeah. People should check it out. I love, Ooh. I actually, maybe I'll retweet it. I'd love to see what people think about it. It's so good. I need to update it some, but, but thanks. Yeah. It's amazing. And thank you for all the work that you do and for being our representative. We're so proud to live in your district and yes. to make this podcast in your district. So thank you so, so much. Thank uh, my you. My pleasure. Tell me again, all those places we can find the podcast. Oh, I can tell you. You can Ooh. find it on Apple, Spotify. <laughs> what else, Tina? Let's see. Basically on uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can okay. listen, uh, you can find us. We're on all the platforms. We're on Good Pods. Everywhere. And we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Nice. Yeah. All right. Okay, good. Thank well, make, you. Make sure, make sure to tag me in all the posts so I can let everybody know to check it I'm out. I'm going to tag you in these That's posts it. and all of my <laughs> posts moving forward in the future. Any, pretty much <laughs> anything, anything that you post, just tag me so that I can see it and I can okay. make sure everyone else sees it too. Uh, I'm going uh, to. I'm going to have coffee and be like, here's me talking about thinking about Ted drinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Is that good? All right. Now I'm the one blushing. So we got to go. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Have a good night. Thank you so Thank much. You so much. Right. This was fun, you guys. Thanks a lot. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye. If you want to learn more about this week's guest, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support the Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you.